0: Please join us in giving special thanks to our Coven of Patrons, Story Folk, Paul Jackson, Christy Carson, Sean Powell, Shawnee Basket, and Selena Wolkenhauer. You're listening to Lore and Legend, the Halloween Specials. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Lore and Legend with your host Rick Scott, bringing you legendary tales inspired by the rich traditions of world folklore and mythology. If you enjoy this Halloween episode, then please consider joining Christy, Paul, Sean, and Selina as patrons. They help us to pay for the music, the audio effects, the art and the technology that we use to enhance our telling of these wonderful stories. If you go to our website at www.lawandlegend.co. Dot uk and click on support us and you can find out how to do that you are listening to part one of the 2021 halloween special from the collected tales of the brothers Grimm. this episode is called free surgeons As I heard told, there were once free surgeons who believed that they had achieved perfect mastery of the surgical arts. They travelled the world in the service of the army. For what other occupation or course of life could present them with greater challenges to their knowledge of the human body and the skill of their hands than the most grim and desperate mutilations of the battlefield? one night these three surgeons came to an inn. And as they sat around their table and the innkeeper filled their cups with beer and the wind howled against the shutters and the lamplight flickered and illuminated their faces, they explained to him that they had roamed the whole world to practice their art and to learn it perfectly. And have you? asked the innkeeper, who seemed humbled by the solemn manner of his guests. And they swore that, yes, they were telling the truth of it. Well, if you have learned your art perfectly well, I tell you, what I wouldn't give to fix this ear hand of mine, said the innkeeper, which sometimes sets a shaking so much that I cannot hold a glass without dropping it and breaking it. But the first surgeon laughed and dropped his cuff. And he held up his own hand, which he flexed so that every tendon bulged beneath the skin. I tell you no lie, but I could cut off this hand tonight and sew it on again in the morning, whole and hale as it was before. Aye, then, but will you do it? asked the innkeeper. And the surgeon said that he would. Well, strike me down if it be so, said the innkeeper. If I had your power, what I wouldn't give to fix this gammy eye of mine, which sometimes has to squint something awful to see you by this here candlelight. And then the second surgeon slammed down his cup as if the very suggestion was an insult and he pointed at his own two eyes with one hooked finger ha he said i tell you no lie but i could take out my very own eyeballs this evening and place them back in their sockets tomorrow i say you so exclaimed the awed innkeeper And the surgeon said, yes, say him so. But will you do it? Asked the innkeeper. And the second surgeon said that he would. Well, the crows strip my bones, if it be so, said the innkeeper. But if what you say is true, well, what I wouldn't give to fix this heart of mine, which on account of some defect from birth will, times apart, beat too quickly, leaving me faint and short of breath. But the third surgeon glowered at him, unbuttoned his shirt and bared his wiry chest in the flickering light of the lamps. No, sir, he cried. I tell you no lie, that I could tear out my own heart tonight and replace it in my chest in the morning. Well, gods be damned, cried the innkeeper. If you can do this, then surely you have learned everything. I shall cease my foolish prattling, but will you do it? And the third surgeon said that he would. And so that is what they did. They threw down their bags upon the table, and they spread out their tools, laid down cloths. They called for bowls and plates and water, which the innkeeper barked at his lad and his maid to bring from the kitchen. But the last thing of all, which the surgeons withdrew from their bags and placed with reverential care amongst their preparations, was the pinnacle of their knowledge the secret of their mastery over the surgeon's arts. A small bottle filled with droplets of the secret salve, which applied to any wound or severed part, would knit and heal the flesh together and make it whole as if it was never parted. And having laid out their tools and taken out the bottle and smeared their hands and their bodies with that miraculous salve, well, they fulfilled their promise. The first surgeon picked up a saw, and lowering it to his wrist, he sawed straight through the bone and freed the flesh. The second surgeon took up a pair of forceps. And placing them against the corner of his eyes, he squeezed until the milk-white balls popped out from between the eyelids. And he tore the red and glistening orbs from his sockets. And the third surgeon flourished his scalpel and then sliced open his own chest with one hand, reached in between his ribs to grasp his heart, and tore it out. The hand, the eyeballs, and the heart, they were all laid upon a single plate, and they gave it to the innkeeper, who taking it felt at once light-headed at the carnage that he had witnessed, and he thrust it into the hands of his maid, who could barely contain her desire to scream, but threw a cloth across it and ran to set it in the pantry, where they would be locked up and keep in the cool air until the morning. And then the three surgeons... And the innkeeper went up to their beds, and only the maid was waking now. She tried not to think of the plate in the pantry, of the bloody organs which lay beneath the stained cloth. But instead, only of him, him who this night had promised to visit her. Of course, he was late, as young men and young soldiers especially will be. But any irritation dissolved at once in the glitter of his green eyes, the glow of his smile, all of which spoke to her appetite. By and by they spoke, they touched, and all of it was prelude, the rousing of the senses before they went together, he, of course, was famished. And so she opened the pantry to bring food for her lover. And the clock ticks, 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 while they talk, and he eats. And their eyes are riveted on each other. They have not a care in the world. They think no ill luck or pain. And so, none does notice that while the soldier eats, the pantry door unlocked hangs open. And in creeps the cat. A fearsome tom sniffing and searching for his dinner. And leaping up to the slab where the girl has placed the plate to keep and to cool, he casts off the blood sweet sheet and then in and out goes the cat with his spoils between his teeth leaving only trails of blood-smeared viscera in his wake and this is what the maid sees only when her lover the soldier is done eating and she is taking away the things back to the kitchen then she sees the blood-stained cloth discarded on the floor the smears of blood the empty pate and she takes fright. Oh my God, she cries, what shall I do? The hand is gone, the heart and the eyes are gone too. We have to run, or what will the master and those butchers do to me in the morning? But her boyfriend says, be easy. I'll get thee out of thy troubles. See, look, there is a thief hanging outside on the gallows. I." will cut off his hand. Which hand was it? The right one, she said. And then the girl gave him a sharp knife and he went outside and he cut off the poor sinner's hand at the wrist and he brought it to her. She laid it on the plate. And then he made her show him the place where the cat was accustomed to sleep and he caught it and he cut out its eyes and she placed the cat's eyes on the plate beside the dead man's hand and so nothing now but the heart was wanting. Does your master not do his own butchering and are there not dead pigs in the cellar? The soldier asked. Yes, said the girl, that's right. That's well, said the soldier. And he went down with the knife, and he found one of the carcasses, and he tore into it, and he fetched out a pig's heart. And when the girl had placed all of these things together on the plate, she put it back into the pantry and covered it over with the cloth. Quickly, the soldier took his leave of her, and she herself went as quietly as she could to her bed. In the morning, when the Free Army surgeons got up, they called up to the girl, told her she was to bring them the plate on which the hand, the heart, and the eyes had been laid. And her heart Beating quickly, she brought it out of the pantry and placed it on the table before them. And then the first surgeon took up the thief's hand with his St- other, smeared it with his salve and held it against the stump of its wrist. And miraculously, it grew to his arm directly. The second surgeon threw back his head and he placed two drops from the bottle in the back of his raw and red sockets. And then he took the cat's eyes from the plate and he dropped them into his own sockets. The third surgeon pulled open the stitches in his own chest, rubbed the salve on the pig's heart, and then pressed it firmly in the place where his own had been the night before. The innkeeper stood by admiringly, amazed at their skill, and said that he had never yet seen such a thing as this done. He would sing their praises, recommend them to all whom passed through his establishment. And though he promised them three board, the surgeons insisted on paying their bill, and they left the inn to travel on farther. Yet, something was different on these further travels. The third surgeon did not stay with them always on the road, but whenever he spied a ditch or a muddy corner at a crossroads, a sudden impulse seized him and he would run to it and throw himself down, grunting and rooting all about in the soil and the muck with his nose. His companions, they were appalled, and they tried to hold him back by the tail of his coat, but each time he tore free and he dived in wherever the mud was thickest. The second surgeon also behaved very strangely, for he rubbed his eyes and he said to the other two, What is going on? The world looks strangely wider than it was before, and... I can see nothing far ahead, but it is dim and blurred. And these flowers, which I could swear were roses, appear to me not in their proper red hue, but as strangely green and and yellow. It went on like this, and they travelled with great difficulty, until the evening when they came, tired and confused, under the roof of another inn. And they went into the bar together. And in the corner, there sat a rich merchant who was counting out his money. And the first surgeon, passing round by the merchant's table, felt his right arm twitching, a sudden jerking movement. Twice it did this. And then, when the merchant turned away, the surgeon suddenly snatched at the pile of money and stuffed a handful of coins into his pockets one of his brothers saw this and grabbed him by the wrist brother what are you doing thou must not steal shame on thee he said but i cannot stop myself my hand it it twitches constantly It is like it has a purpose of its own, whether I will it or not. After this, they paid for some rooms, and they went up to lay down to sleep. They lit no candles, and as they lay there, it was so dark that not one of them could see his own hand in front of his own face. Except, all at once the second surgeon woke and sat up suddenly in his bed. And he roused the others. Brothers, brothers, look around. Can't you see those shapes, those, those white mice running around the skirting boards and up and over the rafters of the room? And the other two sat up in their beds and they looked about, but they could see nothing about them at all. Then, quietly, in the dark... The second surgeon said, Things are not right with us. We have not got back what is ours. We must return to the innkeeper because he has deceived us. And they returned there at once the following day. And they demanded that their former host give them back what was theirs. But of course, there was no getting back that which had become the cat's dinner. And the maid and her lover had already fled. And this the innkeeper begged was proof enough of their guilt and not his. Of course, they had every right to be angry and he would recompense them every last penny from his coffers if necessary so that they would always have enough for the rest of their lives. But it wasn't enough. And the free surgeons did replace the thief's hand and the cat's eyes and the pig's heart. But they could no longer say that they were masters of their craft because one had a hand that sometimes shakes, another had an eye that in the dim light squints, and the third had a heart that sometimes would race and make him feel faint, for it beat too quickly. You've been listening to the Lore and Legend Halloween Special Part 1, Three Surgeons. Your storyteller today was Rick Scott. The Lore and Legend theme music in this episode was performed by Robert Bentle. Music and sound effects were also sourced from the community at freesound.org, with particular thanks to users Satuniman Toilet Roll Tube and Phonus UFP for their soundscapes, you can find full audio credits on the blog post that accompanies this episode. To find out more about our episodes, you can visit us at www.loreandlegend.co.uk and you can check out those episode blog posts. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, then do please join our family of patrons to support the podcast. Visit our website, click support us and find out how you can do so. Thanks once again for listening. Have a bone chilling and spine tingling Halloween holiday. But make sure that you stay safe out there, story folk.